Welcome to the Fit in 42 Life Podcast. Fitness, lifestyle, community, and getting better every day. Welcome back to the Fit in 42 Life. I'm Jerry Washak. I'm here with a very, very special guest, Lucero Salta. Hello, Lucero. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> Welcome to the Fit in 42 Life. Thank you. <laughs> well, let me give you a little intro on who Lucero is. Lucero started her career with us at Fit in 42 Palm Desert. She was an amazing coach for us. And then um, she got stolen, stolen by Strong Republic Palm Springs. And that's where her and Jill and Anna have... What do you guys call it? The strong women, the strong women team. The Spice Girls. The sp- <laughs> You're doing amazing things in Thank Palm you. Springs, Lucero. Thanks. You're also FST certified, right? Correct. So you do that as well. And what exactly is FST? So fascial stretch therapy, it is a form of uh, manual therapy on a table on a table based, um, and we kind of work around the fascial nets to kind of stretch the muscles and the body in um, certain ways to kind of give more uh, circulation, mobility, flexibility, um, and just kind of bring you back into your body, just make you feel good. Yeah, I, um, I was lucky enough, I got stretched by you, and it was awesome. It's really a game changer, and so... And, and a lot of people don't know this, but Ryan is like level three FST. So he's like a Jedi Knight, but he doesn't do it anymore. He says, nope, I'm not doing it. So Lucero is your option, guys. If you yes. need to get stretched, you need like a next level stretch, like FST is awesome. Up. Yeah. Lucero. Hit me up. <laughs> so Lucero, um, where were you born? So I was born in Artesia. California. Oh, that sounded, I thought that was going to be like a far off country. (laughs) Don't ask me where it's at. I honestly still to this day don't really know. I know it's in LA County somewhere out there. Artesia. Yeah. And then how long did you live at there for? Um, I lived in LA County for, till I was like eight. So my early, you know, my early childhood. And then I moved up to Yucca Valley um, middle school. And I, so I was, um, homeschooled when, uh, when, during, you know, when I lived in LA County and mm. my parents kind of wanted us to, you know, socialize and, um, yeah. <laughs> meet kids and stuff like Go that. Figure. So, yeah. <laughs> so they wanted to, they wanted to move in like a, l- a little bit of a safer place. Um, so yeah, we moved up to Yucca and I grew up there. You know, David's from Yucca. Mm-hmm. Jen, no, 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 not Jen. Um, uh, who else? Who else was I? Uh, oh, um, who else was born? In, was out from Yucca that we just interviewed. But there's a few people from Yucca that. Well, and then you, and then I think there's one more I'm forgetting. But what's up with Yucca? No, I listen to all your I know. podcasts. Um, first, first thing, thank you for being such a fan. I am. Yeah. You know, you know, you. But I. See, Lucero lives, you still live in Yucca? I live up in Morongo. Morongo. So So that's... A little bit down the road. That's like 30 miles away, right? Kind of. Yeah. So you have time every day to listen. I do. That's why I listen to so many podcasts. (laughs) But you could easily listen just to Britney Spears. Yeah. 
but I have a couple of podcasts in rotation, but you guys have made the list. So that's so awesome. So thank you, Lucero. That is really special. Mm -hmm. Um, so Lucero is an amazing coach and a a great part of our team. And she said, Hey Jerry, I have uh, a topic that I think the, the listeners can get a lot of value from and that I know about a lot about. And, and, and I was like, dude, that that's so true. And the topic was eating disorders and, and going over some, some facts and some, um, some knowledge that I wasn't aware of. And I, I'm thinking, wow, I didn't know any of this stuff. And I've been in the game a long time, like almost 20 years. So like, man, if we could, if we could help somebody today and maybe spark some, some new knowledge, cause you know, maybe you're suffering from this, maybe you know someone that is. And so this will allow you to, to just have that knowledge to do something with it. So Lucero, take it away. So I am going to give a trigger warning because I am going to give a trigger warning because, um, some of the stuff that you might hear, um, might trigger certain emotions and some people are just maybe not ready to face certain things. Um, but my biggest intention for being here is because I do want to continue to bring awareness. I know there's the, it's becoming a lot more, uh, normalized in, uh, social media to, to, um, talk about this stuff. Uh, but also in the space of being in the fitness industry, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard to talk about this because there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt mm. um, the, the, to open up about this stuff. So I want to bring awareness of how common it is. Um, I also want to bring hope that if you are struggling or maybe you find out that you're struggling by listening to this podcast, yeah, I want you to true. know that it's not the end and that you can find um, different modalities and different tools that um, can help you bring yourself back to um, in, a, in, a, in a more peaceful, grounded state. Um, and it does get easier. It really does get easier. It might never fully go away, which is kind of something that I want to talk about, but um, it does get easier day by day. You just got to keep fighting. So um, I guess I want to start off with um, um, saying the definition of what an eating disorder is. So an eating disorder um, is a mental illness characterized by abnormal eating behaviors that can cause physical and emotional harm. Um, And I do want to note that eating disorders can affect people of every age, um, uh, every race, size, gender identity, sexual orientation, background. It can really affect anybody. So um, I guess I want to also give some stats because I want to highlight how serious this is. And a lot of the times people are afraid to talk about this um, with maybe their friends or family members because they're afraid that they're gonna not take them as seriously. They're just gonna tell them like, oh, well, we've got to work on self-control or whatever the case may be. Um, But this is some serious stuff. Um, There's about 10,200 deaths each year that are uh, directly result of an eating disorder. So that's one death every 52 minutes. Um, about 26% wow. of people with eating disorders attempt suicide. 
Eating disorders are amongst the deadliest mental illnesses, second only to opioid overdoses. So wow. that's that's a pretty pretty heavy pretty heavy topic, especially if like you're struggling with it. It really affects not only when it comes to you having to face food, it takes over your whole day, your whole mental power for your whole mental. Um, you can't think about your relationships. You can't think about work. You can't think about your friendships. You can't be there for people because you're constantly thinking about um, food, like, uh, you know, different things. Am I going to be able, am I going to gain weight by eating my lunch? Um, is there going to be, um, enough calories, um, here? Am I, is this enough protein? Uh, there's so many different thoughts that are revolving your head that can be, you know, used up with other things that are more useful. Um, but yeah. Now what I, um, <clears throat> you also have the, this is what really shocked me, the different types and like the, the definitions of the different types because I've heard of these, but I always in my head thought like, oh yeah, we'll go over them. Once once you define them, like the ones, then we'll talk about, because I think I can't be alone with this, but um, with how I was thinking. So if you could. So uh, the first one is anorexia nervosa, which is pretty common. This one is an intense fear of gaining weight or becoming fat, which I'm sure a lot of us have that fear. Um, preoccup especially with s social, the way the society goes. Yeah. Um, preoccupation with food, calories, nutrition, skipping meals or avoiding certain foods. Maybe you want to skip breakfast, lunch, because you might go out later in the evening, that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, maybe excessive exercising. Um, maybe if you say, okay, I'm going to eat uh, pizza tonight. So therefore I'm going to run three miles. That's not healthy. That's not a healthy thought, <sighs> which <laughs> yeah, see a lot of us have these so thoughts. Much. Yeah. A lot of us have these thoughts, but we shouldn't punish ourselves in order to eat something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just eat it and keep it moving, you know? Well, is there more to that definition? Yeah. There's okay. um, uh, re uh, ritualistic behaviors around food, uh, social withdrawals or isolation. That one's a pretty big one. Um, wow. Well, I've been training a lot of people over the course of a long time, and I've seen, you know, man, that one's a tough one because that one is, I see that one all the time. I see, like, you know, when people get obsessed with how much they're working out. I got to work out two hours a day. I got to do it. I got to do it. And like, and then I've always been, I've always worried about that person that had to work out so much because they, because I believe that they were trying to, if I work out more, I'm going to be better. I'm going to look better. I'm going to lose more weight. I'm going to do all that. And that's just not the way it works. But us as coaches, we would tell our people, Hey, just one hour is perfect. That's, that's, that's a, an ideal amount. But then people just, and you know, cause in the 42 universe, our workouts guys, they are hard. They are not meant to go two hours in a row to like really beat up your body because you know, you know this, we've said this in the past, when you're working out, you're actually breaking your body down. You're actually causing little micro tears to your muscles. And, and so when you go home and eat healthy and you go sleep, that's when your body builds back and regenerates and becomes a better version, but it's not all from in the gym. And so 
that always worried me when I and when I uh, would see people working out doubles every day, every day, and then then with their eating, and then and if I've ever seen somebody be really like really really um, like obsessive with their food, I'm like, okay, well they're just. I never put a label to it of like that's anorexia. I didn't. I just thought like, oh well, they're really just obsessed. But like, that's but like, the I've, key word right yeah, there: obsessive. Yeah, yeah and you I've shouldn't seen that. be obsessive. Yeah. There's other better things to be obsessed over. You yeah, know? and I've seen that so many times where like, like, oh man, and almost always, I can't. I can think of a couple people in the top of my head now that are still going, mm-hmm. but out of those. So many people I've seen act this way. I'd say one or 2% are still active. Mm-hmm. The rest have crashed and burned and just, just have just gone off, gone completely the other way from like that pendulum. Like the pendulum is like, they're so obsessed and they're so, they're so just going after it. Then they just break down and then, and then they're doing nothing. And it's like, Oh my God. But that, when you define that earlier, the nervosa, um, I was like, whoa, that is so common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have, and so the stats on that one, how common, do you know how common that one is compared to the others? Um, I don't have the different stats on how common because it, a lot of the times when you have one, you probably have more oh, than one. Yeah. You more, yeah. we are more likely to have multiple eating disorders. Gotcha. Um, so, Aside from that one, there's uh, bulimia, which uh, it's a, a also a really common one. The ones that we kind of know, we know anorexia, we know bulimia, which is consuming large amount of food over a short period of time and then purging behaviors such as vomiting. And this is a huge one that I didn't really know about until I, you know, started doing my own research on is laxative abuse. I didn't know until you told me that either because mm-hmm. I was aware of people doing that too. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Now, that's really odd. But like, I didn't realize that that was not, I just knew it wasn't good, but I didn't realize that was a red flag of like, yeah. there's really some mental issues going on. There. It's because it's so common. You know, yeah. those teas that you see on yeah. social media, yeah. they're laxatives, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's what they're trying to push. Um, so laxative abuse, that's a, it's a huge one. Um, aside with excessive exercise, again, mm-hmm. they're all, they're all kind of, um, uh, preoccupied with weight gain, um, body shape, uh, feeling out of control during these binge episodes. Um, there's a lot of guilt, shame about their eating behaviors, but a lot of the time, um, this is something that I personally struggled with is your mind tries to rationalize it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of tell yourself, Oh, you go through a binging episode and then you, your mind just tells you, well, I'm trying to feel better. So I'm going to take a laxative or purge and it's so I could feel yeah, better. It's not, because, it. it's not because I have a problem. It's because I'm trying to feel better, yeah. but that's not the case. That's not that's not healthy you just cause it by purging yes so So, it's yeah but you're you try to rationalize it so deep in your mind to make sure that you tell yourself that you don't have a problem i wonder if maybe you could tell me is laxatives more prevalent than 
purging, like with throwing up, with vomiting? Oh, I'm sure it is. Just I because you think, feel a little bit more yeah, comfortable. I'm not that person that's throwing, yeah, throwing up. Yeah, throwing up. I'm that's doing this. That's not me. Uh-huh. I don't have a problem, but that person does. I wonder if that's how it is. Yeah, there's a lot I of, like I, like I said, there's a lot of shame and guilt around mm-hmm. it. And then there's just a, 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 it just becomes a cycle. Um, and then this is a, a very common one, especially in like the fitness community. Um, it's a binge eating disorder, which involves episode of eating large amount of food in a short period of time, um, often accompanied by feeling of a loss of control. So you physically feel like you can't stop. Um, and a lot of the times um, it, it happens because Are we you- still on bulimia? No, this one is binge eating. Oh, binge eating. Yeah, okay. this one's binge eating. So you eat a lot of food. Um, it doesn't even matter what kind of food. Sometimes it's stale chips or like mm-hmm. random stuff. Um, and a lot of the time it comes from either restriction. Sometimes if you restrict yourself from eating, um, let's say, pizza or cookies or donuts or whatever, and then you finally allow yourself to have that one slice of pizza and then you just go off the rails and you just eat the whole pizza and then you tell yourself, okay, I'm not going to do this again. This, this is the one, the one time. Um, so it comes, it happens a lot in the fitness industry because of such severe restrictions and just mm. mental beliefs around quote unquote bad food. Um, so you label certain things as bad food and you should never have these. And these are uh, foods that you are not in your in your diet and then randomly you'll allow yourself to have a cookie and then you can't stop eating the freaking cookies you just want to eat all the cookies and then you just go through that cycle again telling yourself well I'm not going to do it again I'm I'm just going to eat this whole box of cookies and then I'm going to stop that is binge eating yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sure that's very common as well it's very common yes Yes. (laughs) is, is there any more there's the orthorexia nervosa, which is characterized um, as an obsession with healthy eating, mm. and again, it sound there's there's a fine line between being a, being you know wanting to eat healthy and wanting to do uh, uh, good for your body, and you want to feed yourself good stuff, but there's an obsessive factor around it, um, focusing on the quality and purity of food, strict dietary rules and restrictions, um, excessive time spent planning and preparing your meals, fear of consuming unhealthy or impure foods, avoidance of social situations that could involve unhealthy foods. You just would rather not show up because there might be all these temptations that you just can't handle. Mm. Um, So preoccupation with food labels, ingredients, uh, feeling a sense of super, super, why can't I say this word? Superiority. 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 That's a tough one. (laughs) Superiority over those who do not follow a similar diet. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That one feels, see, that's, that's a tough one. Obsession though. Yeah. Yeah. Obsession. Yes. I guess because I don't feel superior than people that I eat a certain way. I'm like, like, I'm better than you. No, but, um, all those things, I'm like, um, Are yeah. You yeah. If like, like I'm super, all right, I'm super picky with my eating. Like as far as like, I don't like onions. I don't like squash. 
My brother abused me by making me eat a ton of cucumbers when I was little. I'll tell you that story one time, guys. You did. I, did, I told you, you have, that story. No, you've told the story told on the, the podcast. <laughs> you're, so, you're awesome. <laughs> Quick story. Um, anyway, when we were, I was like, Seven. I'll tell really again, really quick again. We have a bunch of new listeners. I was like seven. We're living in New Jersey. All of our parents work in New York City. So honestly, it's like the Lord of the Flies. There's like seven to 12 year olds ruling the whole city that have keys around their necks. So anyway, all the older brothers, they decided they're going to have like a little fight club with all the little brothers. So they start training the little brothers. So my brother decides, all right, I'm going to have you running up and down the stairs with like milk bottles. And, and like, that was all good. But then he's like, hey, Dad has a garden and cucumbers are vegetables. So those got to be good for you. That's all you're going to eat today is cucumbers. And I was like, okay. So I took like these giant cucumbers and dipped them in Italian. And that's all I ate all day. And I got so sick, like so sick. I was throwing up so much. I couldn't think anything but cucumbers. I couldn't smell anything but cucumbers. And my brother abused me. He would like put cucumbers on my pillows after that. And he would just like... <laughs> Can you eat cucumbers to I, this day? I don't eat cucumbers. Don't. I used to love them, <gasps> but I do eat pickles now. So I'm dipping my toe in. You know what? That's it. I'm going to go eat a cucumber. I'm going to eat... I'm going to allow cucumbers on my salad next time. There we time, go. That, but anyway, that, <laughs> that was my story. So my brother started his training very early. And so, so anyway... Um, where was I going with that story? Um, the orthorexia nervosa. Yeah. But so that was my story. Oh yeah. That was my story with, um, my healthy eating or whatever. But, um, so we'll just go on. But when I was getting with, with, I don't know where I was going by the world needs to know that story again, cause I'm crying <laughs> over here. Um, so, but all that. Oh yeah. Going to start. If I don't, if I go to a dinner and I'm, oh, cause I'm super picky. So like if, I go to a dinner. I know that like, I'm like, Oh crap, what are they going to make? I don't want to have like a bump pasta meal and a, like a, like it just, or like hot dogs or something like that. I'd rather have my chicken and vegetables and clean foods. It could be anything. It could be just, I just single. All right, here's the deal. I want to eat single ingredient foods. I want to have my lean meats. I want to have my vegetables. I'll have some fruits. I'll have some nuts. Like that's how I like, but I'm not obsessed. I don't know. Maybe I am obsessed with it. I don't know. But I'm very, I'm very, that's my standard for myself. So I don't, I think that one's a tricky one because I'm like, I am a, I don't. It's I think not it a, depends it, on where it comes from. Yeah. Like yeah. where does it come? Are you, yeah. do you do this because you genuinely like these things and you actually feel good and you're aware that these are good for your body and you're just happy when you eat this way? Yeah. I think that's, that's a, deep question too because I like to look a certain way but why do I like to look a certain way because I want to get uh, I want to get certain attention I guess acceptance. and then acceptance and Fitness I want to be proud of myself but why do you want to be proud of yourself well and so what are you really looking for mm -hmm. so like have I programmed myself to think a certain way to get a certain result to feel a certain way because of all of this sure I'm guessing like do like, like my, one of my favorite meals, I don't have it too often. It's like broccoli and chicken and brown rice. I could eat that every day of my life. But did I? Do you really I, like that though? I do. <laughs> just kidding. No, I, exactly. Do I? And like, but have I just programmed myself? Like, I love it. When I'm eating it sometimes, I'm like, this is so good. Like I go to Waba Grill. I'm like the only one in there. I'm like, you go. This is really okay, healthy. Waba guys. Grill is different. <laughs> they have some sauces in there. Yeah. I tell them that don't put extra sauce on it. But like, but. Um, I thought it would be a lot more successful that restaurant, but it's just 
just dudes like me. And then the rest of the people are like, eh. Yeah. But um, so, so I'm, I'm wondering. I guess so. the question would be is like, if you had to eat a hot dog, would that be the end of the world? Exactly. Would you beat would yourself not. over no. it? No. Okay. Then no. you're fine. So you're right. So yeah. I... Like, for instance, this weekend, what I had like two breakfast burritos in the morning, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and so like, but I actually, I think I'm like, you know what? It's no big deal because, mm-hmm. dude, this, this is not your lifestyle. Dude, mm-hmm. enjoy it. But like, you're right. So I'm you not keep obsessed. Moving. Yeah. Yes. Because tomorrow I'm back on exactly. and I'm not, I'm not, I guess, I guess to your point, I'm not worried Stressing. about I'm not worried about collapsing everything yes, I've built exactly. by this one you know action. that it's not gonna happen yeah. in a, a pizza setting yes, you know what I mean that's true so that 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 I guess we we worked around that question because I can I can go off track but I'm like oh, it's, but I'm right back on like mm-hmm. I could get sick for a week or two and not work out but I'm like all right once I feel better I'm back in the gym mm-hmm. like I've okay. seen clients that have gone on vacation and I've never seen, well, I've known clients that have gone on vacation. I've never seen them again. I'm like, cause they're, they're, cause they're, 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 their habit got broken. Their, their routine got, and then they, or they changed job hours or anything. And then they just lost all of their, their routine. And now they're just gone. They can't get it back. So mm-hmm. interesting. Thank so, you for working through that. With yeah, me. of course. So I think one of the biggest things is that if you do struggle with something like this, you might not have all the different, um, all the different, um, signs and symptoms that I labeled. It might just be yeah. one or two or yeah. whatever, or it, it will look different with everybody, you know? So it is very different with everybody with their individual triggers and how they manage, how they feel comfortable coping with this. Um, and honestly, a big part of, um, dealing with, uh, eating disorders is also knowing that there's body dysmorphia and muscle dysmorphia, which is also, I know (laughs) big sigh, (sighs) which is an also, which is also a huge part of this whole so Thing. I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you a funny story. I, I've seen, <laughs> I knew, I knew I'm not going to name names, but he's a good friend of mine mm-hmm. and he started working out with, um, it was the opposite of body dysmorphia. It was what everyone aims to have in their life. So he wasn't working out and he was, you know, I really cared about him. I'm like, Hey, you need to start working out, bro. Delusional. And he was like, <laughs> I do work out. I do 100 push-ups every day, and I do 100, two, 300 crunches in my ab chair. I'm like, no, you don't. And if you're doing 300 ab exercises or anything, like, they're not doing anything. That's too much. So he came in, and he was way overweight. And then he came after his first workout with us. This was a dozen years ago. He mm-hmm. goes, wow, Jerry, I didn't realize how in, uh, out of shape I was. I'm like... You're like 260 pounds and not very tall, but um, <laughs> he had opposite bodies dysmorphia. He thought he was in great shape. <laughs> he thought he looked great. And I was like, dude, you're getting older. You could get, I'm like, I care about you that I need you to start losing weight and getting moving because the statistics, the odds of you not running into health problems going down the line. So anyway, fast forward a dozen years, I still joke about it with this to this, to this day. He is in incredible shape. I work out with him often and he absolutely, he's what? He's almost, is he's 
over 20 years older than me and he keeps up with me and I'm like, dude, like I, I'm so like, Goals. yeah, seriously. <laughs> and he is like, he's 23 years older than me. I'm like, dang, dude, like we're running alongside each other doing laps. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. So anyway, but it was funny with his anti or opposite body dysmorphia, but oh, yeah. body dysmorphia is not funny. But that story was, let's yeah. go to the serious stuff. So body dysmorphia is characterized by an obsessive preoccupation with a perceived flaw in one's appearance that's either minor or imagined. Mm. So it doesn't just have to be like your body, like your, your stomach yeah. or your legs. It could be like your face or, yeah. you know, like being oh really God, hard on yourself. Look at this. Literally anything. It could be, um, um, and it, uh, it says that it affects about 1 to 2.7% of the general population. So one in every 50 people um, in the United States alone is believed that 5, or 5 million to 7.5 million individuals have body dysmorphia in the United States alone. Well, and we were talking about this earlier, how... And then most of it's not even unreported. It's, it's unreported. Yes, a so. lot of it's unreported because some people don't even know that they have a problem. They're well, just... How about this? Body checking. All right. I got to talk to all the girls out there because, and, and dudes too, it's not just women, mm -hmm. but like the filters, filters on social media, like that is a sense of like, Hey, like I, you're changing who you, you know, this, mm -hmm. it's, I feel like that, I don't feel like that's healthy to put filters on people, like what they do in magazines and mm -hmm. the way they like. I don't know. I just think that's a... I agree. It, can be, it gives you can like be, a fake and, illusion yeah. of and, what is and like, reality. And it gives us a chance. And then what I think people do is they feel like they have to, especially with like be Instagram. Yeah, be perfect and look like the girls that have makeup teams and have all the editing known to man on all their photos. And like, mm -hmm. wow, that's, that's what I got to look like. And that's not even what they look like. The people that are in the magazines that has, that's not even close to what they look like. And it's like, I think it's really, it's, it's um, a struggle to keep up with, with your looks online because people are, but it, it's not real. And I think it could cause people to be down on themselves. Like, wow, I don't look like that. Well, neither do they like, mm -hmm. seriously, they don't, they don't like, like, and then, then each, everyone's trying to one, one up themselves because they, I think that that, that is a, a form of body dysmorphia. I would think a, 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 a cousin of it or something, because you don't have to change the way you look to try to meet the, um, the, the impression that you think you have to make to everyone else. Like, I don't know. It's something all, I think about. We all just want to be enough. You know, yeah. everybody just wants to be enough and to be accepted and to be loved. Like we all are striving for very similar things. Like we all yeah. want to be accepted in our field, accepted with our uh, friends. Uh, we all want to be enough. We all just want to be loved. And that's the biggest thing is that we're all really striving for. And a lot of the times we see these like Instagram models and we see them happy and we see them accepted. And yeah. that gives us a a fake illusion that they feel like they're enough. They feel like they have um, all the friends and money and wealth. And that's what's going to quote unquote make us happy. Yeah. And then we believe we, 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 um, we subconsciously create this belief that that's, what's going to make us happy. And then that's when yeah. we start spiraling into, Oh, we want to be skinny and we want to look like this and da, 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 da. When we, in reality, 
this was probably one of the biggest awakening moments for me is that when the thing that's going to make you happy is when you're living in alignment with what you want to do with your life, with what, with, with your beliefs, when you are really living in those beliefs and in alignment to yourself and um, for example, myself, I always thought that I needed a way, a certain way to be a dancer and to take dance lessons. Mm-hmm. And that would always make me feel like I wasn't enough. So therefore I would crutch to food because I felt unfulfilled. But the case is, um, the reality is, is that if I lived in alignment with me being a dancer and me going to take these dance lessons, I feel so fulfilled to where I don't need to go and fill that emptiness with Mm. something else like food. So a lot of the times we're looking at these women and we think, okay, well, what's going to make us happy is be skinny. And that's not it. You will be quote unquote fit if you, um, uh, if you live your life with purpose, that's, what's going to help you naturally fall into place because you're not going to feel empty. You're not going to feel you know, like you need to fill that up with something. No, it makes complete sense. It does. Oh, that's the, that. I think we're going to go into that in a little later, but that, that takes work mm-hmm. and that takes, that's like a, dude, that's like, a, um, such a bliss, peaceful period. If you can, when you get to that mm-hmm. point where you're like, oh yeah, accept me. I like me mm-hmm. and like, I like me and I want to do this because it makes me happy. And then. I deserve yeah. it. You deserve yeah. these things. Because you know? I, um, I remember Janice would sometimes, some, back in the day, she would say mean things to herself mm-hmm. in, 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 when she's like in the bathroom and like I would be there. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, could you not do that? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want your biggest, like, uh, crit- you're like the, the meanest person in your life to be you. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So please don't do that around me. It doesn't make me happy to see you like that. And she, it took a little while, but it just clicked. And she's like, you're right. Like, after, it, it wasn't immediate, but she was like, you're right. I will never do that again. I don't like that. And so she completely stopped it. But it was, it was baffling to see someone so beautiful be so mean to themselves mm-hmm. and and I could only imagine how many women do that to themselves and are just just like say things to themselves that if someone else said it to you you'd like punch them but like mm-hmm. hey oh, it's me I can do it but so I um I I've seen it and it's it's um I've seen it someone can change which is awesome yeah. and um so I'm happy for her good for yeah, her me too but Um, yeah, I guess another big thing is that we, a lot of, especially in the fitness industry, which I want to talk about this is muscle dysmorphia, Mm. Mm -hmm. which is a subtype of body dysmorphic disorder that involves a preoccupation with being too small or not (laughs) muscular enough. Sorry. I I know this is more of a men thing, but I would think, yeah, it is Uh, 22% of men who engage in weightlifting may have muscle dysmorphia as well as women. As a lot of, there's a lot of women who are like, Oh, well I need to grow my glutes. I need to do this. I need to do that. You know, it's weird, right? there and I realized I caught myself no, I didn't catch myself I did laugh I feel like I felt like just at that moment like women any of these issues for women I'm like really sensitive to it mm-hmm. and I'm like wow that mu- that must be an issue like wow that's I I feel for them and I'm sympathetic and I I would 
like to help them correct it. But like with that, when you said like men, I, I for some reason I have absolutely no sympathy for them. I'm like, just that's weird. Why do you think that? I is? don't know. I was like, because just it was weird. Like I don't know. I just think men just to suck it up and lift more weights or something. But like that's I'm sad. not saying no. I'm yeah. not saying it's right. I'm just like being real. I'm like mm-hmm. uh, I wonder like that's. I'm just saying I would feel like. I can speak for most men in this instance that we would, we would act that way. Like, Oh, you don't, you don't, you have little arms. Yeah, you, you probably do. Let's lift for more weight. Like, but like, but, but it is a real thing. And that is, and I, I feel for the guys now that I'm like, wow, you're a jerk, Jerry. But, but I don't know. I just wanted to just, just relay what I was feeling in that moment. Like, like the men didn't, it didn't have like the same sympathy in uh-huh. me. So, I mean, interesting. yeah, that's a good thing to be aware of, you know, because yeah. then also when it comes to like having clients, it's like you have, that's probably why I don't train anymore. <laughs> they don't let me train. No, but, but so, but I'm like, Whoa, I, I could only imagine that a lot of men don't get they taken don't. seriously in this. That's what I was getting at guys. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm feeling this way, who's in the profession who like, I do have, um, I, I've seen the greatest of people go through serious struggles and I'm like, wow, I've seen the greatest successes and the greatest failures that people have just crashed and burned. And I'm like, no, as they're falling deep down into the abyss of like not taking care of themselves at all. I've seen both sides and I was just, just, just vocalizing like, wow, I, I don't think men get, they don't get, um, the, the, the probably don't even, I'm, I'm sure it's the numbers bigger than 20% of men that go through this. And something that I thought about as we were talking about this is that muscle dysmorphia can kind of lead into, you know, wanting to take things like steroids and mm-hmm. do go, go into like that route of unhealthy, yeah. you know, um, behaviors that, um, you know. you know, now you're thinking, okay, I do think most men have this because, um, I, you know what, because now like, I didn't think it was an issue growing up, but I was super skinny growing up and I was five, 11, 145 pounds, like, and grow and, and when I was in ninth grade and I was like, oh, I feel I, sh- I want muscles so I can be more confident and I can get girls and be taken seriously. So I, I just started working out from the time I was 11 to I never stopped, mm-hmm. but I retrained my body to look a certain way. And so, but my, the initial reason I started working out was, uh, was low self-confidence and wanting to change the way I was perceived. Mm-hmm. So Laughing at yourself, Jerry. Interesting, because I was that. I guess I was I had that muscle yeah, dysmorphia. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the times, men are not given the space to ha- have these emotions. You know, they're just mm-hmm. kind of like just rip some dirt on it and go to the gym. You know. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but definitely, I know we we should we should give them the space to feel through it as well. You know, like you don't have to stay there. You should go to the gym and exercise and, you know, handle these problems, but it's okay to, you know, feel the emotion behind it, I guess Mm -hmm. would be the biggest thing. Okay. 
What, what is there any more? That was it. Yeah, those were it. And um, well, thank you for those. Mm-hmm. And so um, now, do you want to tell your story? I do want to talk a little bit about my story because I'm really proud of myself that I'm here. It's taking me maybe five years in recovery that I feel comfortable enough to talk about this without like crying and bawling my eyes out because of how heavy this has been in my life. Um, So I started bodybuilding in 2015 Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how it all started. Um, I went through a breakup and I needed, you know, I wanted to feel good um, about myself because I was uh, dealing with my weight a lot of, uh, a lot back then. Um, uh, So I started bodybuilding. I became really obsessed with my um, food. I was, I did not want to go out with friends because I was fearful of like gaining more weight or ruining my gains or, um, was I going to hit my macros? Um, was I not going to be able to get enough protein? What are they going to have there? It was just too stressful. Um, and then it just all kind of spiraled into, um, a severely restricting, uh, binging, um, purging with the rationalization of, oh, I'm trying to feel better. You know, um, I did the whole tease. Um, I try to buy every single supplement in the world. I've done all these different did you, diets. Did you purge through throwing up? I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And I, like I said, I like rationalized it in my brain. Like I, I would get so sick that I was just like, I oh. don't feel good that yeah. I have to like, I have to better. make myself feel better. And what, what, what could I do? Oh, I'm just doing this because I'm trying to make myself, I don't actually have a problem. Like, I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? That, that's kind of where it was at. Um, and then I saw, I was, I went through a whole phase where I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was watching a lot of like self-help and I knew that I didn't feel good. I knew that I was sad and that I was depressed and just like anxious all the time and had a lot of social anxiety and all these different things. And so I was just on a mission of like trying to figure out what was wrong with me basically. Cause I, I had a conversation with a friend and I was like, Hey, is it normal to think about food this much? Like I think about food from the moment I wake up to when I eat to right after I eat to when I'm going to eat again, right when I ate and then again, and then when right before I go to bed, like it's an all day thing. Um, and she was like, I don't think that's normal. And I was like, Oh shit. Not this time. Were you really fit? Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was still, I've never stopped exercising. It was, it was, everything was just kind of together. Were you where you wanted to be as far as your look and everything at that point? I was. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, it's good I to was. know because like you're at the top of your game, but yet I was not happy how you were getting there was yeah, not very healthy. unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. And I think one uh, eye opening moment was I was in my, I think it was an anatomy class or a physiology class in college. And we were measuring our body fat percentages through like different modalities. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And I went into this, like, it was like a dome looking thing. And the it, bod pod. Yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. So it scanned my whole body. And then I looked at my body fat percentage and it said 17% body fat. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, I feel sick to my stomach because I was like, then why do I feel 
like this, then why do I hate myself so much? Why does everything, why do I not feel that bliss of happiness of getting to a certain body image? So just to educate the audience, 17% for a woman is really, really good and low. Like if you're a fitness competitor, like that's, that's where you want to be. Low twenties should be most of the goal for everyone. But if 17 is like insane, it's, it's amazing. So like for you to feel that way and be like, wow, I don't feel enough Mm-mm. yet. Here I am. It was interesting. It seems like you were, and I think that's what we talked about earlier, searching mm-hmm. for something, searching for something that was not there, mm-hmm. you know, and just putting my value in a number or yeah. in a look oh, that yeah. I, sh- we don't need to. We're more, we're valuable in the way that we treat other people and the, pr- what kind of value that we deliver to others and, um, w- you know, what our purpose is. Are we living in our purpose? Um, and then I saw this girl on YouTube. Her name is Kelly Yu. And she, Talked about, was talking about her binging and da, 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 all these different things that she was doing and thoughts that she was having. And then at that moment, that's when I realized, holy shit, like, do I have that? Mm. And that's, that's kind of how it all started was through somebody on YouTube. Um, and then that's when I started to search for answers. And I, and she kind of was not healthy still. She was still dealing through it. Oh, wow. So I kept like looking for people and, um, I found, uh, I think her name is Kristen Alexandria or something like that on, on Instagram. And she was talking about how she was past it. And that gave me a lot of hope to know that you can reach a level of, um, freedom, food freedom, um, and not have to constantly feel attached to food and, you know, just be free from those thoughts. So then I was like, okay, I could, I could beat this. Like I, I can fight through this. I mean, it's taken me five years, Jerry, to, to feel comfortable and to feel like I don't, I like, I have control. Like I can eat a slice of pizza and be like, is this everything I ever wanted to be? No, not really. I'm good. You know, or like feel like I have control over it versus it has control over me. Um, And another big aspect was I met at, or I found this other girl, her name was Stephanie Buttermore, and she went on this all in journey, it's called, where you basically allow yourself to eat whatever you want because you initially put food in a pedestal and that is why you crave it so much. It's like you, especially with binge eating and restriction is you put food in such a high pedestal, you tell yourself you can't have this. So when now when you start allowing yourself to have the donut, have the chips, have the pizza, have everything that you think that you want, it just, it becomes not special anymore. It's just, oh, it's just chips, like whatever. It's just a donut. Like it's just pizza. It's just noodles. It's, it becomes so normalized that you just start to make more mindful decisions because you're like, well, this is not the, this is not the best thing that the world has to offer me. The best thing that the world has to offer me is a sense of fulfillment in my career and in my life. And then you start to realize these things. And that's kind of where I am now. It's, um, I realized that food is not the biggest, you know, pleasure. There's so many other things in life that can give you pleasure. And 
Um, it all comes down with awareness. I don't know if you want to talk about. No, I do. Uh-oh. So I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Disclaimer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about psychedelics, mushrooms for the next few minutes. And this is not recommending them to you. This is not saying, hey, go do this. This is just saying, hey, this was uh, Lucero and my experience mm-hmm. separately. But um, so there's a lot of research coming out of like use of mushrooms as mm-hmm. far as for mental illness and for PTSD and to work internal problems you've had in your life. And I've had a, uh, a, a, an instance with it with, uh, I know a guy and we, I did a journey on his couch in a very uh, medical like scenario where it was like not going to the club and doing mushrooms guys. It's not what I'm talking about, but I did it and it was a life changing experience for me from the way I, what I experienced, the way I was thinking, where my mind went. And so um, it, it taught me a lot about empathy, taught me a lot about love. So <laughs> it was uh, talking with Lucero, like thinking about, I was on my walk this morning and I was thinking about like how, what we're going to talk about today, me and Lucero. And I was like, I wonder if Lucero did mushrooms during <laughs> this to help her get through this. I did. And uh, it's in, uh, she's like, <laughs> She's like, yep. So can you just talk about your experience with that? Yeah. So mushrooms have been a huge part of my healing journey because, um, and the way that I take mushrooms are in, in like a therapeutic setting, um, usually with myself, just me, myself and I, mm-hmm. I'll make a tea. Um, and then I'll just kind of sit with the mushrooms and then just kind of think of all the, this is a lot of the, the, where um, this is where these disorders kind of stem from is to be able to sit with certain things that you are running away from, certain emotions that you're running yeah. away from, certain pains that you are, you don't want to face. And you, you kind of, you feel like facing these emotions are too difficult. It's too hard to sit with this fear of abandonment or maybe you yeah. certain things, right? Definitely. So with sitting with mushrooms, you are, you're, you have to face with this stuff. You have to sit with the pain. You have to sit with the sadness. You have to sit with the abandonment. Um, you have to sit with the rejection. You have to sit and it forces you to feel everything. Your emotions are heightened. You um, ball your eyes out. You dance through them, um, you come back to your body, you feel every cell in your body, you move through the, through the, through the, um, through the pain, through movement. And then that's kind of, it, it kind of brings you back to your body, which is another huge aspect of why I started dancing is it helped me ground myself. A lot of the times when you are dealing with these eating disorders, you feel so ungrounded and you're just in your head a lot. Um, you're just constantly thinking and thinking and thinking instead of like living in the present moment and just Mm -hmm. feeling safe and feeling like "Ah, everything's okay. Like, is it really that bad? Or was that just my story in the past that happened? You know, Am I still in that story? No, I'm not. I'm here in the now. I'm literally sitting here with Jerry in this room. I have a car. Everything is, everything is fine, you know, and you have to regulate your nervous system 
And I want to talk about this stuff with like the steps to recovery because that's a, that's a huge one. One more thing before that. Yeah, this, go ahead. Just, oh, you want to keep talking about no, mushrooms? No, we're just, <laughs> just going to close that chapter. I'm just saying, so that was our experience with it. Do your own research, look into it. But one thing that I, growing up, I was really close-minded. I was like, no, 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 no this. And mm -hmm. I'm from Pennsylvania, guys. Marijuana was like so bad back in the day. And now marijuana is like so normal. People, if you know anyone that's sick right now, like with a, uh, a, a cancer or something, you're, you're trying to go find them marijuana to help with their pain and stuff. So the world is changing the way we think about things. And um, they're legalizing mushrooms. Uh, it's already legal in a few states for uh, medical use. And mm -hmm. I think they're there's they're close federally i think i'm not positive on it but 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 what i'm saying is just do your own research look into it if you want if you don't want to but it had a positive uh influence on my life and several a lot of people i'm in lucero's mm -hmm. a lot of people i know so the the purpose of this podcast is just to bring you different information maybe it absorbs maybe it hits good with you and you're like oh that that's a i like that or you're like no not for me whatever guys but just wanted to I, I thought about I'm like thought about talking about that today. I'm like, no, I want to tell people about this because most most of the most well educated minds in the the, the business self help um, space in our in our country that they're all starting to talk about this. And then if you ever want to look listen to uh, Huberman, uh, what's his first name? Uh, darn it. Uh, something Dr. Huberman, and he has a podcast, and he has a great one on mushrooms and the actual um, science behind it and what it does to the brain and what like all the benefits and even the negatives that could happen if you have a history of like a, like a, like schizophrenia or something that could be an issue. But like, but so I would listen to that if you ever wanted to look into it. But okay, moving on. Yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I came here and just started talking about my whole journey and I didn't mention mushrooms. Like yeah. they, they really have been a well, huge, I think that's awesome. a huge part of my, and I think it's cool that we can journey. talk about it today. We could be like, Oh, it's not like we're a bunch of weirdos that should be living in the trees or something, but like, I wish no, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's real. I'm just like, all right. It's real, so. But, um, yeah, I guess the biggest part of mushrooms was like, recognizing and acknowledging that you have a problem, like it gives you a whole level of awareness that, wait, something is wrong, you know? Um, so recognizing it and acknowledging that you have an issue is literally the first step in probably any type of recovery, Yeah. right? Um, and there are, I know um, the thought about seeking professional help or seeking for a therapist sounds like so out of, touch for some people or sounds like it's yeah definitely I, mean, I was the same way I, I didn't I felt the same way up until yeah. a year ago yeah and it's more accessible than you think I mm. think is what I'm trying to get to um, a lot of them charge by uh, scale so how much money you make and then they give you a price cut with that really? and they could be as cheap as $30 a session they could be 30 40 50 Just 60 like online um, you can, if you contact your medical, your insurance that okay. they do that, but there are also some people that don't even take insurance and that they're willing to see, um, just see you like that. Um, which is how I found my therapist 
back then. Um, currently not seeing her anymore, but um, she was only charging me like $40 a session. And I was just paying out of pocket, you know? Wow. And you might think, some people think that it's way more expensive than that or harder to yeah. find, but you just have to do a little bit of research and I guarantee you can find somebody. Um, you also have to use the internet. Like there's so much resources out there, you know, there's uh, YouTube videos, um, books. I'm currently reading a book that Jill gave me called uh, Woman, Food and God, and it has given me so many different revelations. Mm. It doesn't, I haven't touched on the spiritual basis, but even, even if you're not spiritual, it, you know, it's still, it's still really um, eye opening. Do you say it one more time? It's called uh, Women, Food, and God. Awesome. That's mm -hmm. cool. A really good book. Um, there's a lot of different like self-care practices, self-compassionate practices, and just being aware of things of like when you look in the mirror, am I body checking? Am I constantly looking at my flaws? Am I pinching my fat? Um, what am I doing? Am I, what are the words that I'm saying to myself? Like that is huge. Once you start noticing these things, oh my God, I constantly look in the mirror and I notice my crow feet or notice the bump in my nose or notice my lips, anything. Start to reframe that. And every time you do it, catch yourself. And then it mm. does get easier. I've been yeah, it's taking me a long time. It, it, it's just uh, awareness is the big step is the it's first huge. step is aware of your thoughts and then kind of moving through them. Um, you also want to find like a supportive like system, whether it's your family or your friends, because sometimes you go through things where you are triggered. Um, and sometimes I would have to tell my partner like, Hey, I'm triggered. Can you put the spaghetti away or else I'm going to binge it. And like, that's an actual Wow. an actual thought and he'll just be like yep I'll go put it away he'll put it away he'll put it in the fridge or like things like that or if you're out with a friend and be like hey I'm triggered there's probably going to be food out there like I'm scared of whatever and just even talking about it like this it makes it feel less like uh heavy on your chest like it makes it feel less heavy on you um because you're able to process it and talk about it with somebody and somebody can guide you through it so um you also want to engage this is the biggest one engage in activities or hobbies that provide a sense of fulfillment and joy because you're not going to be running away from your life if you feel fulfilled you're not going to be trying to mask things or feel full from other things if you feel fully fulfilled and present and happy that you are doing the things that you want to do, you know? I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. And like for you, it's dancing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you do that? You do it alone, but like, I know, are you currently on any like teams or anything? I'm or? not currently on any teams, but I go to like, I just started going to um, this pole fitness class in Corona mm. um, and they do other, the other classes. Like I'm going to take a, a floor flow. Um, I have taken some shuffle classes in LA and like different, different things like that. So mm. I would love to eventually do something like that, but I'm, I'm dipping my toes in. Cause I yeah. finally have, this is very new to me too. It's like when you are struggling, it's never just going to go away. You know, it's yeah. gonna, it might come back and you might struggle with it again. Like for me, it comes and it goes like depending on what happens in my life. Um, so finally I had that realization of like, I don't have to look a certain way to be a dancer. I have to be a dancer. And then eventually I'm going to 
get to the weight that I want because yeah. I'm going to be active and I'm going to be living in Love fulfillment, that. you know? So. And what's great about you is you've put in the work and now you have tools because you're not always going to be in this frame of mind. You're going to mm-hmm. slip. You're going to, you're going to revert back. You're going to face a fork in the road mm-hmm. where you could easily binge on the pasta. Spiral. Yeah. yeah. But you have these tools, you have these people you follow, you have, you know, these, these different ways you handle it from mm-hmm. the work you put in and the effort you put into yourself. So, and that builds confidence. Mm-hmm. So that now you have confidence that you're able to, to ward off mm-hmm. the bad voices in your head from, I think that's, that's, I think that's with everything though. Mm-hmm. When you put the work in and you've, 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 you've given time to become better. That gives you like, that gives you like armor and like, it gives you the confidence to handle things. And, and I would highly recommend people recently look up, you know, we had, uh, Stephanie Buttermore, Mm -hmm. Kelly, you, and, um, that's all I got from that. But, but, and also I would think they should reach out to you too. If anyone wants to talk, where can they find you? Well, on, Instagram, Lucero Salto, you know, just first name, last name. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my DMs are always open. Um, I can give you a little bit more resources there. Cool. I hope um, someone reaches out because I could not imagine that there's not people listening right now that are like, oh boy, mm-hmm. I thought I, I didn't realize all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just hearing you talk about this stuff, I'm like, whoa, a lot of this stuff sounds familiar to me you know so um is there anything you want to any messages you want to say before we wrap up um yeah I think the biggest thing is to don't get caught up in the world of like self-help because you're not gonna get enough information or I'm gonna read one more book or I'm gonna watch one more video or um one more podcast because at the end of the day you just you just have to sit with yourself. (laughs) You just have to be okay with sitting with yourself in silence or going for a walk in silence and just listening to your innermost desires. And you have to trust that you can make those desires happen. You have to trust that you are worthy of your biggest dreams to come true. You are worthy of having your dream body. You're worthy of having everything that you desire. Um, But you have to know that the answer is typically within us. If you sit down with yourself and be like, okay, well, what, what is it? What, why am I so depressed? Why am I, why am I turning to food for the answer? Why, what am I scared of? Like what, what, is it really that hard to sit with like sadness? And at the end of the day, it's not. You just feel it maybe that day and then the next day it'll be, it'll, it'll feel a little bit less heavy, you know, and you really have to sit with this stuff in order for the sun to shine. Like you don't want to live in a world where where everything just feels gray and dull and numb. You have to know that there's a duality of things when you are in life, there's pain in order to feel happiness. There's sadness. There's, um, a a heartbreak in order to feel love. Like you have to feel these things. That is just the, that is just life. That is just life and be okay. 
and know that it's not going to be, it's not going to be that difficult. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to suck. You're going to cry. And, but you're strong. You're also, you're also really resilient and stronger than you, than you think. So keep fighting. Don't stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. Throw hands, (laughs) throw hands until, until it feels better. (laughs) Your quote for this episode is going to be, don't stop, don't throw stop, hands. Don't stop, throw hands. Put the gloves on. <laughs> Go to Fin42. Lucero, <laughs> thank you so much for being vulnerable and in return helping so many people today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, right. we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Fitin42 Life. You know, we all have people in our lives that we really want to help change, but they just don't listen to us. But maybe you can send them this episode And that would be all they need to help change and really make an impact on them. You know, thank you so much for all the support we've been getting from you guys. And remember, keep living the Fit and 42 life.